0: How's it going, everybody? Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We're glad to be in church. Oh, they're coming, they're coming. Awesome. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles, something to take notes with. Oh, I'm encouraged. Thank you, worship team. If they're not, I don't think they all left. They, they got donuts for Chris Orndorf's birthday today. And Anna Bontrager is standing in the back. Happy birthday. Double staff birthday on the same day. So awesome. Open up to the book of Mark, chapter one, this morning. Mark, chapter one, is where we're going to be today. Mark, chapter one. Same place we were last week for the astute observer. Mark, chapter one. I thought last week was just so good. I'm going to preach the same message and just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Mark chapter 1, something to take notes with. Go ahead and stand up for the reading of the Word of God this morning. We are going to be in uh, verse 16. Verse 16 is where we're going to start this morning. A couple of verses. Two weeks ago was tons of Bible. Last week was two verses. This week somewhere, a little bit in between. Mark 1, 16. Are you there? sound there. Yeah. Are you hungry for the Word this morning, church? Come on. It's, oh, I'm just so glad to be here. I'm like really thankful to be in church. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he, speaking of Jesus, saw Simon and Andrew, shout out, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. That's right, yeah. I love fishing. I've actually gotten into fishing recently, mainly because of these verses, no. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, that's good. Sometimes the road's a little longer, and you got to keep going a little farther, but Jesus goes a little farther with you. Hallelujah. He saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed Jesus. Followed Jesus. Can we pray this morning? As we open the word of God together, Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you that this is your word. And we do come to it with expectation and excitement and reverence and honor. And we say thank you. Come and speak to us, Holy Spirit. Now I recognize right now just that there's so much going on in this room and anybody watching online. And so we just come and we surrender our lives to you right now. We we come under your word and we said, be over us this morning. Speak to us. We need to hear from you. We have heard so much over the last seven days since we were here together in our lives. Our minds have been filled with so many things. Our hearts have been filled with so many things. Our attention has been pulled in so many different directions and so we come together this morning right now and we set our gaze on Jesus and we set our focus on your word and we take authority over our own minds and our own hearts and our own wills and our own souls and our own strength and we point towards Jesus right now and we say, God, come and speak. We need you. We need you, Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity. We bless your name we thank you for everybody who is with us in this room online, though we just thank you for the blessing of being part of a body that is bigger than just ourselves. So we expect to hear from you this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Go ahead and take a seat. Welcome back to church, everybody. Man, Mark chapter 1, 16 through Twenty. If you have been in our church for any uh, length of time, you know that kind of. There's three main ways God speaks to me uh, in, in my life. I'd say the three strongest ways is number one, the Bible. Number two is my wife. Amen. Anybody, my wife. Uh, and number three is the Lion King. Come on, somebody shout and give praise to God for the Lion King. And I love The Lion King. It's my favorite movie. I just think it's, I think it's anointed, and I'm just thankful for it. Uh, and so I, I, I've, I share with you all out of The Lion King sometimes, but I got something a little bit different this morning. I sort of feel like I'm betraying my first love a little bit, uh, but I want to share a message with you this morning. Uh, from something, I believe God's breathing on something else from another anointed Disney movie. Like, the the Lord's got a word for us this morning, and the title for this morning's message, go ahead and write it down, is A Whole New World. So we're going to bring Chris and Emily back up here for a little duet. No, I'm kidding. They're not even in here. A Whole New World. I would sing it for you, but I'm not going to. I would, but I won't, so I wouldn't. Whoever just said do it, why don't y'all come up and do it, all right? See? Okay, Jordan, have at it, brother. A whole, (laughs) exactly like that, exactly like that, a whole new world, (laughs) a whole new world. Uh, This is kind of by accident, this is going to be part two of last week's message. I I didn't head into last week thinking that this was going to be a two-part thing, but uh, I just think God's speaking, and I'm excited. We spoke, uh, last week we we talked kind of under the thought, uh, under the thought, what are you waiting for? We read the verses that immediately precede. The verses that we read this morning where Jesus shows up on the scene, uh, it's a, kind of a dirty, no-name carpenter next to the Sea of Galilee, some backside of somewhere Galilee, Sea of Galilee. And he stands and he says to, really, we don't even get a description of the crowd. He just kind of tells some people, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe this good news. That everything you've been waiting for, the time is now. The kingdom of God is here. We talked about how Jesus, he's different. He's different. That's a different thing to say. It'd be a little weird if I just walked into the Castleton Mall on a Friday night and said, Hey, everybody, just so you know, I'm here. <laughs> and therefore, everything you've ever been waiting for is here with me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Jesus is, Jesus is different. And, um. I told you last week, he starts off different, but almost gets worse. You know, he doesn't get less different as time goes on. And that's what we find here in verses 16 through 20. I just kept reading Mark chapter one this last week and I saw, wow, God's got more to say to us along this lines, a whole new world, a whole new world. Jesus is, Jesus is different. Jesus is different. He, he says to this crowd, the, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom is at hand. And then he passes along Side the Sea of Galilee, he sees Simon and Andrew, some brothers, and he walks up to them and he says, follow me, I'll make you become fishers of men. If you spend any time in church, this is not a new story to you. Uh, You've probably heard this before. And so you know how this goes. You know Jesus, he comes in Mark 1, he says the kingdom is here, and then he calls his disciples. And nice Jesus comes down the nice street and he finds these nice men and he tells them, let's go be nice people together and teach the world how to be nice. And this is going to be so nice. But Jesus is different. Jesus is different than that. What what really happened is a little bit different than that. Jesus wasn't just coming to invite them into a new Sunday morning routine. He wasn't just coming to invite them into showing them how to be better people, how to live their best lives. Jesus Jesus comes to bring a whole new world. And when he invites them into this, that's what he's saying. So let's just look at what he says. He says, okay, he said to them, follow me. We're used to that. But that's like super abrasive. (laughs) Right? Like, okay, so here we go. Well, Let's let's talk about this. So over the last two weeks, we've had our two uh, political parties, conventions. Vote for me. Right? Vote for me. Vote for me. Jesus is like, skip that. Follow me. Very different things, right? We're we're used to the idea of somebody who's going to come and they're going to kind of say, you know, hey, you really ought to vote for me because if you vote for me, I'm going to do all the things that are really important to you. Jesus is like, I'm different. I'm different. I'm not asking for your vote. I'm telling you, follow me. Follow me. You follow me. I lead, you follow. We go where I go. We do what I do. We think what I think. <laughs> follow me? How rude. Am I right? Follow me? I mean, y'all would think I was really weird if I was just like, hey, y'all need to like, you need, you need to follow me. Like, that's not our American attitude, right? Like, we're coming in and we're, we all got our own thoughts, and that's great, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But the kingdom is not this world. It's, diff- it's a whole new world. Follow me. Follow me. I mean, alpha male right there, Jesus. I mean, if you read the rest of the Gospels, you know Peter. He's crazy. You know, he's he's got a, he's got quite the uh, personality. He's a strong dude. He doesn't he doesn't well no people don't mess with Peter. <laughs> That's who Simon is. His name gets changed to Peter, and Jesus, the big dog. Right up, looks him in the eye. You follow me. You follow me. And he's looking at you. Follow me. Follow me into a whole new world. Follow me. And I will make you. Here he goes again. He's not done. It's a short sentence, but my goodness, Jesus is making a point here. I'm, I will make you. I, I'm, I will shape you. You're, you're not just coming to like tag along. I'm... You follow me, and I'm going to make you something. I'm going to change you. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to shape you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to adjust you. I'm going to refine you. I'm going to direct you. Follow me, and I will make you. Don't expect to be able to now follow me and stay the same way you are right now. Just want you to know right up front, follow me, you. Follow me, you. Come under me and when you do that things are going to change because I'm taking you I'm not I'm not I'm not coming to make you a better something I'm trying to make you he says I'm making you I'm going to make you become fishers of men we look at this and we're like oh preacher Jesus using kind of the alliteration play on words thing like man nice fishermen fishers of men I get it it's like kind of the same thing it's not at all the same thing It is not at all the same thing. You know, like, let's not get distracted by this plan of words here and think that if we just come and we follow Jesus and we say that we're gonna turn our minds and we're gonna believe that the kingdom of God is at hand, that things are just gonna adjust slightly. No, 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 no. It's a whole new world. Fishermen and fishers. Fishers of men, two very, very different things. There's, there's no boat when you fish for men. There's, there's no nets. You don't do the same. He's like, the words may sound the same, but this is about to look real different. Because I'm different. Things are about to change. Things are about to be a little different than what you thought. Everything I ever promised, but not always what you expect. Right? Jesus' MO, as we talked about Last week, and we see him underscoring this this week. Follow me, and I will make you become something radically, completely different, totally new. I need a whole new world. I'm looking around, I don't know about you, I'm living in a world I could use a whole new world. I could use a whole new world, and Jesus delivers. Jesus knows what he's doing. When he comes in and he calls out to people, he says, follow me, follow me, follow me. Come under me, give yourself to me, trust me, follow me. See, we, we read these things. There's so many things like this that like, I believe God's waking us up again to the power of what his word really says because I think that at times we can get so used to it, like cute little phrases like follow me and we're like, that's great, I got it, but Lord, the world's crazy. I need the spiritual meat and potatoes. Come on, we gotta get something hefty and what do you have to say? How do we transform this? He's like, I, that's the meat. You know, that's the meat right there. Like, follow me for real. And we're like, okay, that's great, but like, let's, let's go on to the bigger things. And he's like, no, 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 try it. <laughs> you think is that that easy? Try it. You think is that insignificant to really follow me? I don't know. I, I didn't say vote for me. I didn't say assess me. I didn't say let me know my approval numbers. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said Follow me. See, we can think follow me is this like cute church cliche, but man, we really could use some brand new big ideas in the world to help change things around. But church, let's follow Jesus. I want to invite us and encourage us this morning. Are we following him? What I'm trying to say is, okay, we, we following it can feel complicated, like, gosh, like, Jesus, I can't see him. You know, like, following Jesus. Okay, I'll just do it this way. Has anybody ever tried following Jesus, and you're like, ooh, this, is, this feels complicated sometimes. Show of hands, anybody, please, at least pretend. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, Jesus, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm a Christian. I pray. I read my Bible, and I still don't have all the answers. That's what I'm trying to say. This is complicated. Things are kind of crazy. I don't understand. I don't know where this is going. I don't always know how to make sense of all of this. I don't always feel good about this. I don't even always understand what you're saying, where you're taking us, let alone where this world is going. Are you tracking with me? Things are complicated. And so it's like, man, Jesus, it'd be better if this was simpler. But I would submit to us this morning that following only gets complicated when we think following means co-leading. Following is simple. Following is really simple. You just fall in line and we're going. It only gets complicated when I think I should know where we're going. <laughs> it's only complicated when I think I should know how all this works. I'm not here to know how all this works. I'm just, I, I'm just supposed to follow. It only feels complicated when I think that I should have a, an opinion that everybody needs to know. Especially Jesus needs to know it so that he can tell me, you're right. (laughs) We've talked enough about that the last few weeks. I'm not going to. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's simple. It's hard. But hard doesn't necessarily mean complicated. It's hard, but it's simple. I'm encouraging you right now. What God is asking of you, it's simple. Follow me. Last week, Jesus busts on the scene. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's a whole new world. We're here to bring the kingdom. That sounds complicated. What is that? How does that work? How do I bring it? How do I know if I'm doing it right? What is it supposed to look like? How? No, 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 no. I, I've got the same questions. <laughs> I've got them, but that's just not my role. I'm here to follow. The answer to all of the hard questions is follow me. (laughs) I don't like that answer most of the time. Is anybody with me this morning? Jesus has always given me exactly what I need, but just not necessarily what I would expect. Jesus, where is all of this going? Follow me. God, I believe, I'm changing my mind. I believe that the kingdom is at hand. I'm believing this good news, Lord. I want to see the kingdom come. So what do I do? Follow me. Okay, right, but like, what do I do? Like, how do I do it? How do I know I did it so I can check it off, so I can look at myself in the mirror and say, you did it, so therefore I know I did it. We did it. Follow me. Follow me. I wish he would have said, go to church on Sunday. Because I can do that. And I know I can do that. And I can pat myself on the back for doing that. It's like the system is rigged. Like Jesus has rigged this whole thing to where I, it, I, I can't actually follow him without actually following him. It's like I have to get to know him. I have to be close to him. I have to be honest with him. I have to talk with him. I have to be transformed by him. I, I can't do the things he's calling me to do without him. What a blessing. Follow me. I will make you become I will make you become. I will make you become. I feel like I'm living there right now. I feel like, it could, isn't that so? Like in the middle. I will make you become. You. See, I don't know like how the English terms for like how you would define those words, but I know how it feels. <laughs> I will make you become. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't say, follow me. And once you say, okay, Jesus, I'll follow you, you will have already become everything that you were supposed to be and everything's done just because you said yes one time. Follow me and, and along this way, I will make you become. See, Jesus is so okay with will make you become. Jesus is not demanding, you should already be. That's the journey of following Jesus. It's these guys, Jesus comes, he says, Follow me. And they're like, Okay, I'll follow you. And what happens? The sky splits, angels sing, everybody starts raising the dead left and right. All their problems go away, right? No, (laughs) it's bizarre. He says, Follow me. And so they say, Yes. And what happens? They just start walking. They just start walking. I want to encourage you, church, in this season, in this life, in this complicated world you're living in, just keep walking. Walking, one foot in front of the other. Follow, follow Jesus, one step at a time. Let's lay down some of the questions. If The questions are great as long as they don't stop me from walking. Walking. If you read the rest of Mark you start to see, like, no, Andrew, that's not true. Actually, crazy things start happening right away. The next section of verses, if you just read the subtitles in my Bible, Jesus heals a man with an unclean spirit. Jesus heals many. Jesus cleans a leper. Jesus heals a paralytic. Jesus calls Levi. Jesus, I mean, it got crazy right away. But I would ask you to note, Jesus did all that. Honestly, the disciples, they don't do much of anything and Mark until chapter 6, and that's like halfway through the whole book. I will make you become. They, they had to learn to follow. I think it's amazing that Jesus was like, I need you guys. I want you guys. I'm going to train you guys. I'm going to come now. Just come follow me and just please don't say anything for probably like a year. Like we read six chapters. I'm like, I can get to chapter 6 in about 15 minutes, right? This is a wild Jesus is okay with your will make you become. He is making you become, and he is not more in a hurry than you are. <laughs> He's not worried about the same things you are. He's not concerned about the, because he is so secure in his ability to take care of it. He is so secure in the fact that he has taken care of the things that need to be taken care of. He's just teaching you how to walk in it. All right. Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Fishers of men. We need a whole new world, a whole new world. God's called you, church, to uh, to bring a whole new world. This same Jesus has given you the same invitation this morning. Follow me, and I will make you become everything it is that the world needs you to be. I will make you become somebody who brings an entirely new reality into the world that you are living in right now. Come and follow me, church. This is God's call for you right now. This is what the world is hungry for. This is what the world is searching for. Not out of them out there, not even just out of Jesus, but after us, the Jesus people, bringing a whole new world. I want to bring a whole new world. The world's dying for a whole new world. The world's dying for a whole new world. So how do we do this, right? How do we do this? What, what does it look like to bring a whole new world? I want to encourage you that, that, the, that the, this whole new world, the kingdom of heaven doesn't just come and touch earth on Sunday mornings. It doesn't just come touch earth when somebody like Billy Graham fills a stadium. The kingdom of heaven touches earth when you say yes to Jesus. Don't you ever underestimate your simple everyday yes to Jesus. Jesus comes passing by on the Sea of Galilee, finds two normal guys doing what normal guys do. They're casting their nets and Jesus is walking by. He's passing through your life. He's passing through your everyday life, your normal net casting, boat docking, diaper changing, work going, question asking, figuring it out, trying to do what you do every day the way you do it, your everyday life talking to you and say, can you follow me right here Right now, today, I want you to follow me, church, one day at a time, one thing at a time. I'm calling you, church, follow me. Don't ever underestimate your yes to Jesus. Your simple, everyday yes to Jesus. This whole new world touches earth when you follow Jesus the way that you can in the place that you are with the people you are around. God will make you become whatever it is you think you need to become or whatever, but can you say yes to him? today. Follow me. Follow me. I believe God's calling us. I want to give you five things to put in front of yourself just this week. Try these out this week. Five things that I want to put, you, put in front of you So that we can be a people who live out this whole new world and through the way that we're living, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we love, the way we believe, that it would be the way that this whole new world interacts and intersects with the world that we're living in right now. Have you noticed there's a lot of talk of culture these days? A lot of talk of culture in this world that we're living in. A lot of, uh, the, the culture of the world that we're in, our, our nation's culture, the cultures of different uh, races and ethnicities, all, all kinds of different cultures. And culture is just kinda, it's kind of a hard thing to define, but it's sort of like what's embedded in the thing that makes the experience of the thing what it is. Like what's embedded in our nation that makes the experience of our nation. Okay, everything's got a culture. Your family's got a culture. Your home has a culture. All your different friend groups have different cultures. Your workplace has a culture. Our church has a culture. It's like you walk in the room and like what it feels like. That's the culture. The way it goes. And we have a culture. This kingdom has a culture. The kingdom, the world that we're called to bring has an entirely different, it's a whole new culture. It's a whole new culture that God's calling us to. I want to put five things in front of you and invite us into this. And I would submit to us that if we can keep these five things in front of us, we might see this whole new world manifested in the whole new way that we live our lives. You've seen them on the wall for us. These are kind of for us at our church. This is not necessarily the whole of kingdom culture, but we can do five, okay? We can do five things. Five things that that define us, a kingdom people, a culture people. I don't know what order I'm going to go, Darius, so we'll see. Number one, I want you to put this in front of you. We always see hope. We always see hope. All of these expressions of the culture, they they surround kind of our five senses because that's what culture is. It's the sensory experience. We're talking about this whole new world, but how does it, how do I taste it? How do I touch it? How do I see it? I see it when I see hope. The kingdom of God always has hope. The Bible says, may the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. When you abound in hope, heaven touches earth. When you're in a conversation with somebody about how everything's burning down and you insert hope into this situation, there's a whole new world you just introduced into the world you're living in? Can we be a people who choose to always see hope? Every situation I go into, I'm gonna be honest about what's going on and I'm gonna find hope. I have a friend, he says, if there's anything in your life that's not glistening with hope, you're believing a lie. Because God's just that big. God can do anything, anywhere, in any situation. We always see hope. Number two, our touch it brings joy. Our touch brings joy. What if everywhere you went this week, everything you thought about, every situation you stepped into, you thought, if I touch it, I'm gonna add joy to it. That doesn't mean it's always happy, but, but God says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And what that means in the context of that verse is the joy of the Lord is the joy that God has in overcoming our weaknesses for us. Oh, baby. That means that in every situation, I can bring the joy of the Lord. I'm going to bring to this situation. When I touch it, I'm going to touch it with the joy that God has in overcoming the weakness of what I cannot do. I'm going to bring in the joy of the Lord, of bringing the strength that I don't have right now. When I touch this situation, when I touch this person, this interaction, after I rub shoulders with somebody, I want them leaving with more joy than they had when they got here. We always see hope. Our, our touch brings joy. Our sound gives honor. It says on there, honor is our sound. A little bit different wording, but honor is our sound. I'm telling you people right now, this will create a whole new world. What I mean is the sound that comes out of your mouth, whatever sound is coming out of your mouth, it's got to bring honor. It means that what doesn't come out of my mouth is dishonor. I can be honest with people, I can disagree with people, but that doesn't mean I have to dishonor people. We are a people who honor. We honor one another, we honor others, we honor people we agree with, we disagree with, we honor. I honor, you're not gonna hear dishonor come out of my life. Disagreement and dishonor are different things, am I right? I honor, honor, and my life, when it creates a sound, my life is gonna honor God. The sound of my life is worship. I am submitted, I'm following Jesus. I have a king and I honor him with my life. I honor him with the things that I say. I honor him with the things that I listen to. I honor him with the conversations I'm a part of. We as a people, as a community, the sound of this community is honor. The cult, that is the cultural experience of this people. Honor. And my God, we need it now more than ever before. Can we be a people who learn to honor one another in this season, in all of our differences, in all of this that's going on? That's great, let's honor each other in it. Maybe unity doesn't have to look like we're all the same. Maybe unity is, regardless of what you bring to the table, we can mutually honor one another. I honor you, I honor you. And I'm honoring God by the way that I honor you. Honor is our sound. What if you bring honor into every situation? What if you turned away from every dishonorable conversation that you stepped into this week? What if you clicked off every dishonorable headline? It's a whole new world we're trying to live in. Was that three? Okay. We taste like grace. We taste like grace. You know how when you you eat something and you, you taste something in it, but you can't quite nail it down and you're like, That's what it ought to be like when somebody interacts with a Christian. Like, ooh, what was that? There was something about that that tasted different. It tasted different. And that's grace. The Bible talks about salting everything with grace. Can we sprinkle grace in every area of our lives? Can we sprinkle grace onto our relationships? Can we sprinkle grace onto the way that we hear different people's opinions? Can we sprinkle grace onto the way that we see our own selves? Can we sprinkle grace on our lives? Can we sprinkle grace everywhere across the world that we're living in? Can we live in a grace-filled world? Could it be that instead of everybody walking away from Christians and saying, that sure tasted like judgment, they could say, wow, it tastes like grace. Wow, it tastes like grace. The last one is we smell like faith. Now, it sounds weird, right? Y'all smell great, don't worry. But taste, taste and smell, it's kind of the same thing. You know, like you, you walk into mom's house and she's cooking that one thing that you, just feels like home. And it's not because you didn't see it, you haven't tasted it yet, you haven't touched it yet, but you just come in and you smell it. And it's like, oh. I'm praying that that's like the aroma that my life carries, that we carry as a church. I just pray. We pray this every week as a staff, that whenever you walk into this room, whenever you walk into this building, faith just hits you like a smell. It's just like, oh, it just smells like faith in here. When I get around you, do you smell like faith? Does your conversation smell like faith? Does your perspective smell like faith? Does your language smell like faith? Does it smell like faith when you fill the room, when you come into the room, when you come into a situation? Does it smell like you're hoping for something that God's doing? Does it smell like you're convinced that God is on the move? Does it smell like you are assured of the things that you hope for? Does it smell like you believe that what is unseen is greater than what is seen? Or are we getting sucked into this world that we are living in instead of being a people who are following Jesus, not just a man who had dirty feet on a dirt road in Galilee, but the King of Kings and the Lord of lords who came to bring a whole new world. A whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. But really, Aladdin and Jasmine can have their magic carpet. I want the church. That's the whole new world I want. I want the church, I want the people of God. I wanna know Jesus. I wanna see the kingdom of heaven now. Can we just stand as we close this morning? I think we can do this. That's really what I wanna leave you with this morning. I think we can do this, you and me. You and me, I'm, I'm not your pastor. I'm not the pastor of this church so that we can come to church together on Sundays. I'm here because I want to do this with you. You know, Mark chapter 1, we find Simon Peter laying down his nets. In Acts chapter 2, a couple years later, a couple years down this road that he's been walking on, Acts chapter two, the spirit of God falls and fills Peter and he stands up in front of the whole city and he preaches full of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people get saved and baptized. And when we so often think of the kingdom of heaven touching earth and being disciples and being people who bring the kingdom, we think of Peter on Pentecost. Amen, somebody. And I believe for that. I, I want that, But but honestly... That's not what Jesus called Peter to. That's what Jesus made out of Peter. Jesus could take care of that part. All he needed from Peter was Mark chapter one. Acts two doesn't happen without Mark chapter one. You may not be able to stand up in front of 3,000 people and preach and baptize every single one of them, but can you lay down your nets? Can you lay down your nets, church? Can we lay down our nets? I don't know where this is going. I don't know how it's supposed to look, but I know it starts with you and me, we laying down our nets and saying, God, I'm letting go of the things I've always held onto. I'm letting go of everything I've trusted in. I'm letting go of everything that has defined me, and I am selling out for this whole new world that you said you came to bring. And so I will follow you. You say where we're going. You say what we're doing. You say how we're talking. You say who we love. You say how we love them. You say what we don't do. You say how we think. You say it. You say it. You say it, God. I'm following you, Jesus. Church, this is our time. I know I've been harping on it the last few weeks, and I hope I never stop for the rest of time. As long as we got church here together, this is is our time. The time is now for you. The time is now for me. The time is now for the church. The time is now for the kingdom of heaven to touch earth as it is in heaven, for the will of God to be expressed through a people, not who are waiting for something far off, but who are willing to follow Jesus today. One step at a time. One change of mind at a time. One sound of honor at a time. One touch of joy at a time. One sprinkle of grace at a time, church. One glimmer of hope at a time. One mustard seed of faith at a time. A whole new world. I'm gonna pray for us as we close. And my simple question for you right now is, are there any nets you need to lay down, church? God can take care of Pentecost. It's up to you and me to lay down our nets. I'm gonna have some of our prayer folks come up and they're gonna be across the front. If you need somebody to pray with you today, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need anything at all, don't leave church without getting the prayer that you need. We're gonna worship. We're gonna surrender our lives. We're gonna say, Jesus, I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but for today, for right here, for right now, I'm following you. I'm following you. So Jesus, come and move among us, Lord. Come, teach us to surrender. Teach us to follow you. We believe. We believe, so come and have your way. In Jesus' name.